Yo, Navek, man, wake up, wake up. This is this is important, dude. What, man? What's up? Listen, this is bigger than the podcast, okay? I I just got a call from from Netflix right now, okay? What? Please don't play with me right now, Krish. Please. You you know exactly what they called about, man. They want they want you to be the new lead on Master of None. I knew it. I I always knew it, man. I knew I had it in me. Listen, okay. Ever since I was like six years old, one day they're gonna be knocking on my door, and this here they great. are. I'm super proud of you. I, I know you're excited, but it's bigger than that, okay? Because Aziz starred in it, but he also wrote the show, which means you also are now writing for the show. <laughs> Easy, yo. You know I got this. Okay, well, on the phone, they told me they need a pilot by the end of tonight. So what do we got? All right, all right. This is my idea. Okay. I'm waking up. Drink a cup of milk tea. Go to the basketball court. Shoot some b-ball outside of my house. Hit you up via text. Hit me? I hit you up. You're in the show. Okay, yeah, yeah. Let's run with it, yeah. Fuck. I'm like, yo, Krish, what's goody? And you're like, hmm, just playing some keyboard and shoot to you playing uh, some keyboard, some classical keyboard. Uh, I was, like, I've always been like a jazz guy. Jazz? You want to do jazz? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's do jazz. Okay, so what instrument are you going for here? Uh, yeah, piano's fine. Uh, sure. All right. Piano. Okay. Piano, you're playing some piano. You're playing some, uh, you're playing some Juicy J slop on my knob, right? And it's just so beautiful. But you stop playing because I, I hit you up via text and I'm like, yo, where are you at? The text appears on the screen, right? And then you reply, no much, just playing this classical jazz, right? And then I'm like, yo. Meet me at the bar to pick some girls. <laughs> and you know what you say? Chillin', staying in tonight. And I'm like, fuck you. <laughs> so I hit up my next bud. You know who my other bud's name is? Jason Onenthen. And I hit him up. I'm like, let's go to the bar, talk to some girls. And he's like, for show. We head to the bar. I pick him up in my Toyota Series 3 Matrix. And we head to the bar. But there's no parking there. So we go home. Episode done. Okay. Um, the last idea for an episode you had was about uh, discussing shadism and fashion and society. But this is like so much better. I know. Thank you for agreeing. Man, okay. Let's call him back right now. Thanks, man. This is all. I give it up to you. And it's, it's, all, it's all you, Krish. Everybody hates Krish, but in this case, they love you. Goodbye. High Top Flip Flops. What's going on, everyone? Episode 36 of High Top Flip Flops. We're in the deep end of Ajax. It's me, Krish, a.k.a. Chris, a.k.a. Not Chris, a.k.a. The Tom Hemingway, a.k.a. Mr. Date Your Girl With You, a.k.a. Bash Me Outside because I don't fight, I just get beat up, a.k.a. Low Poopy Dirt, and I'm here with my co-host, Navek. It's Navek, a.k.a. Navek, a.k.a. the Tamil Tyrese, a.k.a. Mr. Rounds to your girl, say hello, then run away, a.k.a. Two Cock Shipper. 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 Two Cock Shipper. Shout out to Shakur. You're out there. We all know you're still alive. That's right. Uh, shout out to Cuba. We have a guest <laughs> here today. We do. We have a good friend of ours named Tejas. Uh, how you doing today, man? I'm good. I'm good. Uh, uh, do you have any AKs? Uh, I was, yo, Mr. AKA, I'm shitting myself because I had one planned and I can't remember oh. it now. <laughs> it was it was fire too. 
It's okay. It'll little, hit me like an hour. A little from stage now. fright. Don't worry about it, man. If it catches you a little bit later, there's no sweat at all. <laughs> Fuck me, bro. <laughs> Listen, man. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, Tejas is a friend of the show. He is someone who has not only dabbled in but has excelled in photography, some design, some videography in the past couple of years. Um, and we want to sit down and talk with him about what his journey's been like, his uh, ups and downs, and just have him share some stories with us. So thank you again for uh, joining us today, man. For sure. Respect. How's uh, how's the past week been for you? Past week's been pretty uh, pretty busy, actually. Okay. Uh, busy in something like I feel like I've always been doing something. Like, it just haven't had a day like this where i woke up super late and just chilled okay like it's just mm-hmm. a lot of shit whether it's work or doing like out the house all the time yeah 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 a lot of a lot of family shit just you know catches busy. up to you of course of exactly. course uh well as always we're, we're happy to have you join us here and uh we figure we'll kind of jump into uh some of what we want to talk about right off the bat so um, something that we always like to do when we sit down and talk with someone who has, uh, you know, body of work or pieces of work that people can take a look at. Um, why don't you plug where you post or share most of your work? So while people are listening to this, they can maybe go take a look at it. All right, Coolio. So, uh, the bulk of my work, if you can call it that, you can see at my Instagram page, which is just, uh, at I am Tages. So like I am my name. Mm-hmm. And, uh, outside of that, I post like select few different things on my actual website, which is just I am Tages.com. So stuff Perfect. that I don't seem worthy enough for the gram, we'll see the website. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or vice versa, stuff that uh, isn't worthy enough for the site, you'll see on Fair Instagram enough. only. How do you uh, how do you make that decision, or how, how do you kind of? You just kind of know. Like, uh, actually, had fucking Hanny was just like, wow, yeah, man, we got we got a, we got shit. another oh, friend yeah, show here. Uh, Introduce yourself here. real quick. Yo, what's good? Talk to him. Smooks. I'm good. Let me know what time it is. What happened? Tell him what it is. Oh, what it is. What time is it? Just say it. Did you I don't know fucking know. Doing here today? I actually didn't. No. I have to actually probably call home. Tell me your address. <laughs> Mom. What's your address right now? Postal code. Give us your sin, bro. <laughs> hey, you got it. Don't worry. Steal my identity. Fuck me say up. Identity theft's not a joke, Jake. <laughs> yeah. Uh, shout, out to shout out to Office. Yeah, shout out the Office, man. Apparently Word. they're rebooting that without Steve Carell. Like, that's a sin. Honestly, nah, right? Don't be yeah, it like makes that. no sense. Mm-hmm. You can't do that. The office has some like the most classic one-liners of all time. Yeah, <laughs> how the turntables. I agree. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We uh, we're gonna have to do a show where we have on like all of the guests on our podcast who like who are fans of the office as well, and everyone yeah. has to pick a uh, a person to impersonate. I already did Kevin. Kevin is me. I'm doing oh, Kevin. Fuck, man. Kevin's so good, too. You know what would be dope? If we can do a read-through of the Michael Scarn movie. Oh, if there's a script. Oh, if there's fuck. a script on Google, hopefully there is. There has to be. There has to be. Oh, what was Dwayne? Dwayne. Dwayne. Supposed to be Dwayne. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> That's... No, it wasn't supposed to be Dwayne. It was something else. That's dude. right. Fuck. It's not Dwayne. No. Yeah. This is a new segment of the show called Office Talk, sponsored by Staples. Staples. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Big shout out um, Staples. But as you're saying about choosing, you know, what kind of yeah. goes on the gram and what doesn't. Uh, yeah, um, I was talking to this girl earlier today and she was like, why don't you post this on Instagram? And I was like, what's the point? Mm. Really, I just, what's the point? Right. It doesn't, doesn't really do anything for anyone. It's just a photo, right? Just okay. Just pixels. Uh, I don't know. I don't really make the distinction. I feel like... Um, if I'm like practically looking for like a job offer with any sort of thing, like if I want, there, if there's work I particularly want seen, that'll go on the website. Like uh, if things I've done for people, whether it's like I worked on X Y Z for this person, 
that'll go on there to show that like I have experience in that field. Other than that, it's just the stuff that I deem like my favorite, okay. not necessarily the best, but stuff that like either is good memory behind like this photo or I really like this photo because my first time using this lens or this kind of film or whatever, like it was just, it's got to have some sort of relevance to me okay. at least. Okay. Get there. And when let's, let's jump right into the, the kind of origins of, of how you ended up getting into photography or when you kind of decided that this is what you wanted to, to pursue on a, more consistent basis. Um, cause something you mentioned to us before we were recording is that, um, when you had gone to university and we can even talk about prior to university, um, film and photography were not things that you, no, would, you had gone not. to school right to, to yeah, study. No, uh, honestly, I think I, w- I really wouldn't even call myself a photographer. Like it's just the thing that I'm doing Fair. where it's like, I don't just wear the one hat. Of course. Right? You know, it's, it's not that, but, uh, I'd say the first time I really, really remember picking up a camera and like thoroughly enjoying it was like in high school. I was like, I was that fucking nerd that was in the yearbook class. Like I did that shit. And uh, the book was whatever. Like I couldn't care less about that class. I couldn't care less about high school in general, to be honest. It's useless. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, it was cool because I got to play with these new cameras. And like the only cameras we ever had lying around were like shitty old point and shoots, like nothing really. You know, nothing super extravagant. Right. And then we got to play around with, like, these DSLRs with, like, different lenses and stuff. And it was just, like, a whole door was open to an entirely new world that, like, I never, I never knew that I, I would love this kind of thing. Yeah. But uh did a bit of that in high school and then kind of dropped off uh, up until, like, a year or so ago. And, like, you mentioned that, like, I'd been doing this for years. And, like, to be honest with you, I've been doing it for a year. So okay, this camera wow. that I currently use, um, my girlfriend and I at the time went half on uh on the camera yeah and uh bought that like a year ago on like black friday or something like that told myself wasn't gonna use it till christmas because like some sort of discipline is my last semester like you mm-hmm. so i didn't touch it till after i was done exams christmas day opened it up richard had bought a camera shout out richard ashman richard ashman. aka glass carcass aka whatever the fuck you're uh, <laughs> or whatever it is now you got a billion usernames shout out you <laughs> Uh, yeah, Richard had bought a camera around the same time as me, so uh, we were just kind of, like, we'd go out and just do nothing, like, just walk, whether it's in Ajax, downtown, whatever, we'd just try and learn the ins and outs of our cameras, and I remember taking, like, a shit ton more photos than he did. Every time we'd come back, I'd have, like, four or five hundred pictures, and he'd have, like, 70, 80, and, like, I remember just really being into it, and I don't know why, and then, you know, just started, originally I got it to get into film, to do a little bit more video, Right. but, uh... Started just taking the camera with me and really like enjoying it. Then started shooting a couple shows here or there just because, you know, concerts are another thing that's always been a constant in my life. Like I've always been going to shows, whether it's stadium shows or like small independent ones mm-hmm. or whatever. So just brought the camera out with me everywhere I went and started like taking, in my opinion, half decent photos. Richard would post any picture I took of him on his Instagram and like seeing the love that it got there was like a little bit of motivation. Yeah, more validation. Yeah, exactly. And then uh, I remember I was talking to Shereen Taylor, who's a amazing writer from Toronto. Yeah, she writes she, for uh, for Noisy. Noisy. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Shout out Shereen. She's the uh, honestly, if it wasn't for Shereen, I probably wouldn't be doing any of the things I'm doing right no now. Way. We met on a whim, working at uh, this. So we both went to U of T, like Scarborough campus, right? And the student publication there is called The Underground. Okay, and we both cross paths working for there. 
Shout out the underground. You're absolute trash. <laughs> That's believable. Yo, fuck I the underground totally for real. That. that place was. It was cool when we worked there, but the second we like the second it was my second year, I was like, this is, this is about to go downhill. Right. And like it is just in the fucking like shitter. Amazing. Fuck hey, you underground. underground. Fuck you UTSC. I fucking hated that school. It was garbage. Waste of four and a half years. That's... Some fucking thirteen thousand dollars in debt because you eat a dick. I Grr. fucking hate that campus. Fuck U of T. I've never been there, but fuck y'all. Yo, everyone. Fuck you, T, bro. Shout out the school, though, because they gave me the degree and that it's sitting right there on my dresser. So I paid my dues. Yeah, also, uh, just a uh, quick shout out to Tejas for letting us record this podcast in his bedroom. You know, probably won't the only intimate space we are granted as human beings. Yo, you know what? And Actually, sorry to cut you off. I can count on two hands the number of people who've been in this bedroom. Oh. And now, well, now it exceeds two hands. Amazing. But before this day, less than like, I would say less than 10 people who aren't family have been in this wow. room. Wow. Wow. So we, we are really, we are really blessed. Sorry, please. If you got, if you gotta say more about UFT, you know what? Like, I'm not giving that place any more attention. Good, good, good. Uh, pretty much, Shireen and I crossed paths there, and like, uh, I didn't know she wrote as heavily as she did. Mm-hmm. She had written a one-two article for the underground, but I didn't know if it was like a serious passion of hers. But you, know, you spend three seconds with her, and you can tell that she's she's born to be a writer. Amazing. And she's like, uh, she's a very close friend of mine, and she's always been a huge supporter, and you know, she's kind of always pushing me. Right. And pretty much, uh, yeah, about this camera, I'd taken some couple thousand photos with it already and had nowhere to put it and uh in the back end i was like slowly working on a little website to host it just again for like fueling mm. jobs pretty much nothing more mm. and i remember talking to shireen one day and i was just like i don't like i had no intention of putting it out and she just kind of uh hit me with the, like what are you worried about just do it and it was like <laughs> uh Shout out that episode of Rick and Morty with the fake doors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That guy's like, buy a fake door. What are you worried about? Just yeah. buy a fake door. <laughs> and the way she said it, it was so like, why are you stressing? Just like, go. Mm. And she kind of like gave me that little nudge. And since then, it's just not even full steam. It's just something that I've been doing. I've just been finding things that I like and shooting it. Of course. And that's whether it's, you know, a concert or just a fucking face in front of me. Like yeah. I try and I don't leave my house without my camera. Rarely right. do I. Right. Yeah, and that's uh, where we're at now, I guess. Amazing. And given that it, uh, I, yeah, you kind of shared with us now that it's only been a year. Um, do you think, uh, I mean, speak if, if you, if you're willing, speak a little bit on like how much kind of time you found that it really took for you to actually be able to like look at a camera and, and feel comfortable on it from start to front, you know? Cause with cameras now especially it's just like it's super accessible right to yeah. to get your hands on a dslr and you can run with it but to really know a camera takes quite a bit of time uh and to kind of to kind of be comfortable with it within a year is pretty remarkable i'd say uh well respect for that uh, honestly i couldn't tell you when i felt comfortable with it. it's just it's one of those things like where you're dreaming like you you realize you're dreaming but you have no idea how long you've been dreaming <laughs> fair enough and it was like i remember you know i take the camera out here or there and i'd like come back and edit it on my laptop like the one, two uh, filters or whatever, just up a couple sliders and feel like I was hot shit, but it's it's garbage. Like it's nothing. It's just a photo. But I remember there were some times where like, honestly having Richard there, it was like, it did a lot where like I'd take pictures that were like, in my opinion, whatever. Mm. And then he'd see it. He'd be like, yo, like that looks sick. And like, again, like having that validation of like some guy whose opinion you trust and value, you know, like a good friend. He'd, he'd tell me if a photo was garbage, you know, yeah. and like vice versa. And uh, yeah, it was just like having that validation and like, I guess over time, it's like driving. Yeah. Like scared shitless when you're barely on the road. It's just one of those things where it just felt comfortable when it felt comfortable and I couldn't tell you when it started. For sure. 
and uh, yeah, like I'd shot from January to June before I put anything out. I didn't post anything on Instagram. I didn't have a website until like a week before my graduation. Mm. And yeah, so really from June to now is when I've been working. Quote oh, okay. Do you remember the first photo that you took that you were like, wow, I'm nice? Yeah. <laughs> Yo, facts. Yo. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I remember exactly the photo. Uh, I might have it. Uh, can you pass me that external on that Spider-Man yeah, card? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I might have it. It was literally just... Uh, respect. Uh, me, I went downtown. So shout out Reem. Reem's my best friend in the world. Sorry, Mooks. Uh, <laughs> Reem is like... Yo, I hope Reem is listening to this. Reem is like absolutely my best friend in the world. Uh, she's another girl I met at the underground. Right on. And uh, she's actually living in London now, studying law. And, like shout out her. She's incredible. But she came home last year. Maybe yeah, it was last year. She came home for like whatever, and uh, hung out with her throughout the day. And it was just before Honest Ed's was closing down. Okay. And I remember like me, her, and a couple other friends had traveled throughout like that area of Bathurst quite a number of times. And I remember she was always telling me she always wanted to get this one picture at Honest Ed's uh, in between, like in the alleyway between the two buildings. Right, right, right. So I was like, all right, like, of course, it's, it's going to close down in like two days. Like, we should fucking just go yeah. down. <laughs> and then uh, we went and uh, I took I took a series of pictures of her. And like, I honestly, I don't think it's on here anymore, which sucks. Maybe it's on her Instagram or something. But yeah, it was just like the first time I took a picture. And I was like, wow, like I actually genuinely like this photo. It was just... Um, it was like a, it was a close up of her face, and like I didn't have a fancy lens or anything, so like I had the very beginner kit. It was like yeah. a close up of her face with the lights behind her. It was just one of the first pictures. I was like, damn, like man's have sauce. <laughs> like after Bear that, sauce, after, that's yeah. the moment. That's the moment I think where I felt comfortable, wow. and that was like two, three days after owning my camera. Okay. Because Christmas Day was like the twenty seventh or twenty twenty eighth, because it's the day before Devin's birthday. Mm-hmm. Shout out my younger brother Devin. Yeah. Twenty eighth of December, three days into owning this thing. Mm-hmm. Wow. And that's the that's the first picture I took that I was like, damn, that is one of my favorite photos. Wow, honest ads, man. Yeah, I think I just saw a uh, a photo the other day of it being like completely torn down. Yep. It's like it's almost completely demolished. There used to be a house inside that building. I apparently. didn't know that a full house. No, it was like was that was that a full house joke? <laughs> no, that wasn't. <laughs> okay. But yo, shout out to full house. Yeah. Shout out Not the house. new Not reboot. House. That's trash. That's absolute garbage. Yo, Why did two you do seasons, that, bro? For real, they made that far. Yeah, fucking uh, two broke girls made it like 13 seasons. Okay, so Big Bang Theory is on 21. So anything's possible, you know. So <laughs> Fuck Big Bang Theory. Uh, <laughs> no shout outs to Big Bang Theory yeah. ever. Never. Yep. <laughs> scrap this. Don't girls. even give them any airplay. <laughs> Season 13 and two broke girls. But yeah, that's wild. Some people actually like two broke girls. People my sister does. Fans. My sister watches that. And shout out my sister. She's amazing. But you're fucking stupid. <laughs> yeah, it's just a bit, bit of bad taste in uh, comedy. Man. That's okay. Absolute bad That's taste okay. in, in, <laughs> in just media in general, man. Like, can't you can't endure content. Man, so much love for the siblings, real quick. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, speaking, <laughs> speaking, brothers, man. speaking of family, um, one uh, something that you you've mentioned publicly before is. Uh, is your dad and his inspiration on you, particularly when it comes to music. Yep. I, I definitely want to talk about that because I think that, that relates back to you being inclined to kind of do like concert photography. That's something that you certainly have a knack for and also something that you you just pursue. Um, yeah. So yeah, let's talk. Uh, we always like to ask this question. Like what's your first memory of like music or like listening to Ooh, music? Oh man, uh, definitely again. Uh, yo, my first memory was, I think I have pretty good taste, first of all. There's a great Ira Glass quote that like I'll send you after this. For sure. But uh, 
has to do with like your taste level. And uh, I attribute my whole taste to my dad. That dude had like the sickest style and taste and still does to, to some degree. Right. And like he's just got like the best music. Like fucking I found this in the basement today. Shadow Sade. It's her birthday oh, today. Man, it is her fucking birthday. love Shade. you, my queen. Yeah, bro. I found this promise album downstairs in the basement, putting away Christmas tree. This is a fucking amazing album. Maureen, the last track. Shadow Sade, it's your birthday. I love you. Happy birthday. Happy birthday, Sade. Uh, yeah, no, my dad, like, he just always played just the sickest stuff in the car, man. Fucking, he played Pet Shop Boys. He played Duran Duran. He played The Stones. He played fuck, The Doors, man. Like, everything. Sade, uh, The Cardigans, Tears for Fears. Fuck, man. Like, my dad had the best taste in Lil music. Yachty. He played Lil Yachty. Yeah, man. He was on Lil Yachty when Yachty was still a little infant. A little boat. This guy was oh a my fetus. Yeah. My dad was like, that man has sauce. See, I find this uh, so different because my dad was playing Shania Twain, uh, Christmas album. Okay, not that at all. So, no. like, like, don't get me wrong. My dad would. My dad to this day still listens to Rough Riders anthem when we're in the car. Okay, holy shit, that's yeah. a gangster, bro. Like, that's, uh, so that know. wraps up the end of this episode. Next episode, we have Tage's father. <laughs> Yo, honestly, he makes jokes. If we could call him up right here, he'd talk. Oh my he goodness, amazing. But uh, yeah, no, I remember. So I went. I lived in. I was telling you, Rosebank and Finch and Pickering. Mm-hmm. So we. Uh, I went to school in elementary school at Altona Forest, which was by all counts like a forty-five second walk from my house. Right. So we did not have very long the commute from the school to mm-hmm. the to the house. And I remember every morning my dad would like drop us off on his way to work. So he would drive, and obviously like in the traffic of a school, <laughs> you, it takes a little bit longer. That's it would be right. much quicker to walk. So we're driving and we're like stuck in the kiss and drop loop or whatever. And he's always playing like. Maybe like two, three songs, absolute max in the morning. And like, that's definitely the first time uh, I really remember like loving music. And I remember we used to play this game where like back in the old days, like the car didn't have the display to tell you what the track was. So like he would play a song and like I'd have to, because I'd listened to so much of his music before, I'd have to guess like who the artist was or like what the song was called. And it was just like a game we played. Like nothing came of it other than like now I was able to identify all this dope music. Right. Right. And like... uh, that was definitely my first experience with music, but uh, I think the first time I ever really obsessed over music was like long after that. Like mm. from growing up, like early elementary, it was just top forty was ever whatever was on the radio and like whatever my dad played. Yeah. But I remember in seventh grade, uh, you which high school did you go to? Pine Ridge. Pine Ridge. Albert Campbell Scarborough. Oh, okay, so maybe you don't know him, but uh, uh, one of my closest friends in elementary school was named Griffin Scott. Okay. And uh, he kind of put me onto the Beatles in the seventh grade. Wow. And, like, uh, him and my teacher, Mr. Taylor, shout out Mr. Taylor, he put me on to, like, David Bowie, and I was listening to, like, a lot of stuff, like, early on. Right. And, like, uh, yeah, I remember really, really obsessing over the Beatles with Griffin. Right. Then I moved here to Ajax, and then uh, my taste kind of changed a little bit, but definitely the Beatles first, and uh, after that was Nirvana. Wow, okay. Mm-hmm. And that, that's first uh, first foray with music. The heavy hitters. Yeah, I'm, definitely heavy hitters. How about you, Nivik? I don't think I've ever asked you what your first memory of music besides Shania Twain uh, Christmas album is. Oh, shout out Shania. Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, I mean, hey, Queen of Queen of uh, Ontario, uh, Canada. Sure, sure. Queen of uh, Canada. My first memory is actually Canada, third grade. My brother actually made me listen to Eight Mile soundtrack. Mm. Classic. As well as um, Get Rich or Die Trying. Classic I, again. Now, I don't mess with 50 right now as a person. Huh? But he's a funny dude, man. You gotta follow Fitty on Instagram. He is like one of the top three funniest Instagrams I've ever seen. He's super. He's kind of super homophobic, but he has that going for him. But <laughs> he does have. Let's keep it real. He does have Get Rich or Die Trying, which is like 
great album. Yeah, man. He, he's got some bangers, album. man. He's got like some certified classics. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Uh, what about you? What's your um, first memory? My first memory is probably uh, parents playing Stevie. Stevie nice. Wonder? Yeah, I, or, I was listening to your earlier episode. You were telling about Yeah, this. Stevie or like uh, old Thumbel music for sure. Just like Thumbel movie music. How about you, Mooks? Shout out uh, Get Richard Die Trying. You know, my uh, cousin Omar put me onto that actually. Shout out Hundas. Um, also, shout out, you know, all those Punjabi hall parties where you listen to like Sony Pablo and Bindrakian, all those guys, <laughs> all those Punjabi people listening. <laughs> um, but yeah, and then also the Beatles actually. Um, and. You know, the police, all those kinds of things. Yeah. Uh, I was the also police. really into uh, Tupac and Biggie growing up. So, you know, because, like, uh, I visited my cousins in New York, and they put me on to, you know, all the hardcore rap. So mm. I was, like, I was like, you know, walking around grade four listening to the game and shit. So, like, <laughs> you know, that's that's basically what my musical upbringing was. Yeah. Shout out The weekend, though, my favorite artist now. <laughs> Yo, I can just picture, picture Moose in fourth grade with them size 38 jeans. <laughs> tuck, tuck 38 them, jeans and the and one yeah, shorts underneath. The, the Averex. Airwalk shoes, bro. He was on it, bro. He was on it from the jump. Airwalk. Oh. Okay. <laughs> Airwalk. Yeah, Exco, uh, Exco, double Exco, Exco. Yeah, if you knew about that Exco hoodie, you knew. Listen, Moose, this isn't a shout at you, man. This is just the times, you know? If you if you had the juice back then, we you all had the juice. We all, we all, we've all, all gone through regrettable phases. Bro, I, I, I wore so much fucking Sears when I was a kid, man. Hey, man. My mom used to work there. Everything I owned was like Sears. Quick like, moment of silence for Sears real quick. Yeah, bro. They, their last day was like a week or so ago. Like That's last right. Monday. Shout out Sears. Yeah, moment of silence. We tried. Over. <laughs> Let's give it five seconds. Yeah, it's more than enough. That's, that's, that's already <laughs> too much. That's <laughs> already too much. That's too much. Sears or whatever. <laughs> um... Well, that's amazing. Uh, it's kind of cool that you had that relationship with your with your father, kind of from an early early yeah. stage. Actually, shout out my dad. Uh, this picture, you might have seen a glimpse of him. Uh, he and I don't really look alike. Uh, I've never really felt like honestly. I don't feel like I look like either of my parents. Right. My mom says I look like her uh, her biological dad. Mm. He passed away when she was like very young, right, five right, right. Or six years old. Wow. Uh, she, apparently, I'm the only one in the family who looks like him, and I don't see it. Yeah. But uh, I was looking through an old photo album about a year and a half ago, maybe two years ago, and I stumbled upon this picture of my dad. Uh, on uh, his honeymoon with my mom in like Cancun or something like that. He's eating some scrimps, man. He, he's eating some, man. He's <laughs> chowing down. But like that picture is the only picture where uh, I even remotely see some sort of. Yeah, I was about like to me. say I, I see a little bit of resemblance. There's uh, like, it was like just that one picture, and it was funny. I saw that picture and I made note of it because I never felt like we're close to my dad right. up until like growing up and then like very recently. Mm-hmm. But uh, I remember seeing that picture and maybe stopped. I was like, oh, that's weird. And whatever. Next day comes back, and I came home looking for the picture again, and the album was like missing. So I come out serious. I asked my dad, I'm like, "Yo, have you seen the photo album?" And he's like, uh, "I think your mom moved it." But like before I could even say anything, he's like, "I was looking through it, and I found this picture, and I think you look like." He like the next day he Damn. was looking. He found the same picture where we look alike. It was very weird. Like I've had that picture in my room ever since. Like shout out my dad. He's that guy is an amazing human being. Wow, like, some synchronicity. And, let's, and, w- and what what was uh, or what has your parents' response kind of been to you, uh, you know, putting more time and effort into into your work or into the work that you've been doing? Especially yeah. like you know that's something that we talk about reoccurring is like doing your four year degree, um, but kind of coming out of it and really reflecting and reflecting on what you've what you just did. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh, no, my parents have been uh, definitely took a little bit of while at first, mm. but uh, again, like everyone's parents are. My parents are like the sweetest people in the world. Like, of course, they're beyond supportive. Like to say supportive is an understatement. Right. And like it hasn't always been that way. Like obviously, 
your kid tells you he wants to do something that's not so consistent or not so stable, it can ruffle a few feathers. Mm-hmm. But um, like definitely a bit of growing pains there. But I think me and my parents right now, as it stands, are like closer than ever. Amazing. And, like I think that they see that. Uh, they've always told me that like them and everyone in my family, for whatever reason, has always told me that I quote unquote have a lot of potential. Mm. I fucking hate that because <laughs> the worst thing someone can do is tell you you can do anything at a very young age because yep. then you just want to do everything and you're never satisfied and mm. that's what i'm stuck with right which is really fucking annoying but they had always told me like you can do anything and like i think now they're like starting to see that like i'm finding things that i genuinely enjoy doing right like even even remotely fulfilling versus you know doing four years at a school and getting a shitty little entry-level job and it's like i make x amount of dollars now but I'm not even living like yeah. this is i'm just a drone like i'm fucking nothing i hate mm-hmm. that shit i fucking hate work man i'm trying to be a fun <laughs> employed right now mm-hmm. yeah. you want to talk about employment real quick or you had some uh you had some great uh great reflectionary periods right before <laughs> uh, love Shut up, one yeah. fuck you bro that was the worst four years of my life we uh, gotta we gotta uh, talk about at least a little bit man because that sounds <laughs> just like that sounds like on some PTSD. <laughs> yeah, that is, that's some Twilight Zone shit, man. You, like, okay, you should you shared a couple stories that we need we need you to share with the people real quick. All right, uh, do you want a new story that you guys haven't heard? No, you know what? Let, let's lace these ones again because the people got to hear right, these. Which ones did I tell? I told the I told the dude the spat. Yeah, let's I let's told, do that. All right, one. we can start there. Yeah, let's start definitely there. like the the most aggressive incident that's ever happened. Uh, pretty much this old old like eighty five plus, you old brown dude and his wife come up to my register and they've got bags like those cloth ones, the reusable ones, right. that are tied up. And my manager's all looking at me and like doing this like, check the bag bullshit. <laughs> and I'm like, of course, these guys coming to my fucking lane. It's like a Saturday afternoon. It's like just fucking packed because 18 people have called in sick again. It's right. like me and like some like 95-year-old dog are cashing everyone out. <laughs> it's just like, it's a fucking nightmare. So these guys pull up to the register and I have to do the whole, hey, can I see the bag kind of thing. This guy's instantly offended. Like I slept with his daughter or some shit. He's like, how dare you? How dare you do this to me? And I was like, look, they're making me check. All I need to see is a receipt. Like, that's it. And this guy like makes a whole show of it where he like rips open the thing, like tears the handle, pours the bag upside down. It's just dumping everything around. He manages to like show me a receipt. It's a receipt for like two items. Like 500 things came out of this bag. I'm like, bro, where's the receipt for all this stuff? He's like, that's it. I'm like, no, nah, man, like, where's a receipt for, like, all this fucking baby formula that you're stealing? You're 90 years old. What are you doing? And he's mm. just, like, he starts cussing at me in some language I don't understand. And then uh, he's like, oh, fine. You want it? You can take it. He starts throwing diapers and, like, again, like, baby formula and shit at me. And at this point, my manager, shout out Trishana, she uh, comes up behind me and is like, sir, he's just doing his job. Like, you know, like, calm down. Yeah. Like, no one's accusing you of anything. And this dude, like, spits in our direction. And I'm like, okay, like, this guy... I turn around and I'm like, are you good? And Sean is like, don't go there. Yeah. And at this point, I hop the register and I get up in his face. I told him, like, yo, go fuck yourself. And then, yeah, all these customers are like, sue this guy. He spat on you. <laughs> and I'm like, bitch, I'm just trying to go home. Like, I'm done in like 20 minutes. Like, I'm just fucking leaving. And my manager's like, yeah, we banned him from the store. And like, sure enough, I saw him in the store like, three days later. <laughs> yeah, how do you really how do you Yeah, do like, that? How can, you can't keep track of how many people come to work. Yeah. That's definitely the most aggressive story. Uh, I could tell you about that girl that, uh, with the fucking sign, but that's boring. Fair. The, I think the only other story, uh, this dude came in with like four watermelons. <laughs> and there's like, there's a, there's I'm like an eight missing of a watermelon. So like each watermelon has like a small slice cut out of it. And then he's like, Bro, yo, he's like, yo, first of all, you're not allowed to return food 
Oh wait, 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 hold, hold on. I just, he ate he ate like an eighth of each watermelon. Comes in and is like, I want to return these because I got the wrong melon. <laughs> and we're like, you first like, you can't return food. Obviously, the manager is just like, it took him it four melons to figure it out. Yeah, yo, story is not over because like after some like some kerfuffle or whatever, some argument, he's like, yo, like I just want to exchange it for the melon I really wanted to get. Manager's like, fine, just fucking do it. Like it's realistically, it's like three dollars. It's whatever. I'm like, all right, I go on my break and I go to McDonald's and I'm coming back. I see this motherfucker leaving with four more melons. Watermelons, bro. This guy exchanged watermelons for watermelons. I'm like, what are you doing, man? Oh, my. I said, oh, last thing, yeah, my last customer, I had to tell that dude to eat a dick. I told the customer to his face, eat a dick. And that man, oh, if he if he waited for me outside, <laughs> I would have. I'd already fear. given my two weeks, and like it would have become a uh, termination. Right, right, right. Fuck that dude. Oh know? my goodness. You hope your what? wife never gets that fucking ass. Yeah. You fucking fuck. <laughs> okay, I kind of bang with uh, the watermelon guy. I would just do it. Oh, of course, I'd you can like, get away with this is anything, amazing, yeah. bro. Anything. Anyone's listening to this? <laughs> forever, your bitch, bro. You can get away with anything there. I'm telling you. Mm. Damn, that's amazing. Okay. The watermelon. Yeah, I'm yeah, still I, so <laughs> confused, but no, that's that's not even like that's just the one that's fresh in my mind. There's so many other stories, bro. Wow. Like I'm gonna text you everything. I yeah. every single <laughs> like, both do. of you. Bro. Seriously, um, we might have to have an episode of just we get like <laughs> retail every one, someone from Walmart, someone from Best Buy, um, a cell phone company, and just have them share their stories because we bro, just have that like grocery stores, fucking like anywhere stores. where you have to deal with. Like middle-aged white people, bro, you are you have a story to tell. <laughs> yeah, as a minority, especially. Yeah, it's facts, bro. I've had so many people try and tell me how to pronounce my name. There's a there's like a vision center in the Walmart, right? And there's like a picture of a brown dude with glasses. I've had so many fucking people be like, "Yo, that looks just like you. Is that your brother?" Lucky I don't fucking punch you in the mouth, bro. You <laughs> ask me that goddamn question <laughs> yeah. again. Oh man, so many times I thought I was gonna get fired because of foul shit I said. Man, oh man. Ajax are really just doing the most out of you. Well, listen, Dude, we're absolutely we're, little man, absolutely <laughs> nothing. They can do fuck all. We're happy mm. that you're out of there, man. That's oh, bro, I'm happy I'm out of there too. I got my fucking vest in that laundry basket right there. Oh, shit. That shit on fire. Do you want to burn it right now? Yeah. Yo, I'm about it, bro. Let's. Uh, we'll take a break or we'll, we'll, we'll burn it after this episode, man. Yeah, you gotta keep you gotta keep that as a um. I kept my work badge. My okay. Back, yo. My title said uh, my name was Tejas and my title is Mrs. Steer Girl. Oh, really, Mrs. Steer Girl? It's in here somewhere. Amazing. You're okay. There you go. Your first AKA, Mr. Dear Girl. I'm Mr. Dear Girl with you. It's like the, we're it's, tandem. Yeah, exactly, exactly. We're a tandem now. Um, oh, yeah, shout like, out me, AKA <laughs> Sheepish Lord of Chaos. I did my name in the Wu Tang name generator. I got there Sheepish Lord of Chaos. That's Sheepish Lord of Chaos. Oh, yeah, yeah. Do you guys remember doing that? Because I did that too. I totally forgot. Yeah, once I found so out wack. that's where Charles Gambino got his name, exactly. I was like, I got to find out what my name is. Say that again. Sheepish, Sheepish Lord of Chaos. Damn. Yeah, bro. That's heavy. Also, real quick, a lot of people hate on. Childish Gambino's camp and because of the internet, but they always bang with the Awaken My Love, and I'm like, yo, I love uh, Bro, because the internet. Because the internet's one of my favorite albums of all time, exactly. all time. I listened to that album at the right time in my life, and that just that mm. shit just consumed me. Yeah, man. Yeah, I agree. Uh, both I, of those. I don't think camp has aged as well, but like they're both very mm-hmm. like they hold special place for that's me. Right. Like, I listen to those at, at the right time, and that's just like that's just LP Gambino too. That's not even mixtape. I mean, yeah, mixtape Gambino like very Royalty, early on. That's Royalty Pete Gambino great. to me. Yeah. yeah, Royalty man, that verse on "Rest in Peace," yep. that ver- that fucking joint with Beck. Oh man. Oh yeah, R.I.P. with, yeah, with uh, Bumby. Bumby. Oh, that's a fucking banger, man. That. Unnecessary with Schoolboy. Oh man, there was that. People Danny Brown. There's that song. Danny Brown, Brown toxic. toxic. People forget that, that Charles is the first one to give Chance a cosign. 
Chance is one of the fucking biggest mm. artists in the fucking world. And people are going to shit on Gambino like he didn't put Chance on. Yeah. Man. Shout out Donald Glover, man. You are like absolute fucking icon. Mm. Fuck. No. <laughs> That's all I can say. No, I mean, oh. really, like community. All, all Fucking Atlanta, bro. Tell me 30 Rock all the way to Atlanta. Like yeah, who has bro. touched all of these... Different avenues, yeah. different different platforms, yeah. man. Yeah, and like whether or not he gets awards for them or not, it's to the fact that he's done them, and also like whether excelled at them. Excelled exactly. You don't even you don't have to be. I think Gambino's kind of mastered the art of like not having to be the very best. I mean, there's a, a lot of arguments or a lot of good arguments that can be made that he has done something at peak level. I mean, he got nominated for best album of the year, right? So it's I mean, it's it's the time has come. He might be the next guy to, to get the EGOT. Yeah. I was thinking about that. Amy Grammy, Oscar Tony, right? Yeah, exactly. And that's the that fact alone is like is masterclass given how young he is too. Um but speaking of musicians here, uh what's the do you remember the first concert you ever went to? Childish. Was it childish? Oh, it man, was childish at a oh, actually that might be the second concert. Childish at Echo Beach. Shout out Christine Reeder. Wow. My sister was at that show as well. That was a crazy show. That was a crazy show. Originally, I wasn't supposed to go because it was at, I think, Cool House. Right. But he broke his foot performing at Coachella. Okay. So the Toronto show got moved. And I was underage, so it got moved from a 19-plus venue to an all-ages venue. So me and uh, one of my friends at the time, Christine, went to go to that concert together. It was a crazy show. I think the first concert I ever went to, though, was Edge Fest to go watch Tokyo Police Club live. Tokyo Police Club played, uh, Perfect Circle played, Rise Against, a couple other smaller bands. That was uh, that was the first concert I've ever been to. Amazing. Actually, first concert I ever actually really saw was fucking Avril Lavigne at Markville. <laughs> yeah. At where? Markville Mall. Oh. Wait, what? Yeah, bro. <laughs> Yo, my mom pulled me and this other girl. I don't remember who. My mom, because like my mom worked at the school, and so did this other girl whose mom worked at the school. So they were friends. So I was kind of forced to be friends with this other girl, which is whatever. She was cool with it. Besides the point, my mom pulls us both out of class on some random Tuesday and just Avril Lavigne singing a song at fucking like Markville or Scarborough Town or something. And like, yeah, I was in Damn. the second grade. That was my first real concert. We can include that. I don't know. <laughs> like, first concert that I went to on my own bank, definitely. Uh, on your own yeah. bank, yeah. Yeah, I should have made that clear. That's not my dad paid for Edgefest. So on my own bank was definitely childish. Gambino. Yeah. How about you, Nick? You know, I think it might have been because I started watching concerts or going to concerts later. In my mm. life, so it might have been childish uh, at Rebel. What was called something Sound Academy. Sound Academy for Yo, because the internet. It might have been that. Really? But yeah. Okay, that yeah. must have been a sick show too. That oh, look great. at that. This sweater I got. Oh, uh, you got from the Stephen Ponce because uh, I was first in line and both shows actually. And Stephen Ponce came out and like said what up and popped him for a bit and he gave me this hoodie. Wow, oh, sick! Yeah. Wow, he, he just, just gave, gave it to you. you. Yeah, bro. That's amazing. He gave me that and then I. I Obviously, comp the merch and stuff, but like mm. that was that was a crazy show. That's definitely one of my favorite experiences ever. Wow! Yeah, with the app and all yeah, that. Yeah, came was out. Crazy, that was crazy, man. Like, yeah. I was front center both nights. There's a, they do, they released those uh, deep web tour blog videos. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm actually in it because I'm like front center. Right there. Yeah, that's amazing. Yo, those are crazy shows. Shout out that album. It's one of my favorite albums ever. Wow. Mm. Uh, this is the luxury of recording this episode in the bedroom, man. We just see all the gems. Mm. Close yeah. in this room, we got all the Gambino records back here for those of you who can't see, aka everyone else who's <laughs> not in this room right now. Uh, how about you, Mooks? What was your first concert? Um, first, like first concert I paid for was King of the Fall. Um, you know, shout out all the trilogy and all the Kissland, some of the best music I've ever heard. Uh, but before that, there was actually this crew uh, from Brampton. Uh, it was called Believe in Music. 
right? And those guys are pretty cool. I got pretty close with them, um, just like working around uh, a bunch of like volunteering positions. Uh, and they had they held a concert, and that was probably my first one. First one. Yeah. Mm. Wow. Amazing. Uh, what about you? I think my uh, my first my first ever concert that I didn't pay for was John Legend, um, and he was an o- he was an opener at Molson Amphitheater, Budweiser Stage Night or whatever for Chaos, uh, which is super funny because I went with my whole family. We pulled up for John Legend. My mom put me on a John Legend. Super strange, but something I'm very thankful for. Um, but after John Legend's set, like, Chaos is about to come out, and, like, I think this is when my parents just, like, their parent mode came on. They also just started smelling all of the joints that kind of started yeah, getting yeah, lit, yeah. lit up. Um, so they're like, all right, it's time to go. Um, so we left shortly after the John Legend set, but the first one I ever actually paid for uh, was from a different point in my life, uh, and I saw... Uh, Lamb of God, As I Lay Dying, yeah, Children of Bodom, and like uh, Shout out some other God, band bro. as well at uh, Rico Coliseum. That was pretty wild. That was like my, my first concert on my own or like with two other friends. Um, we were also just like right in the Mastrit, which was like pretty tantalizing. Uh, Rico's okay, man. It's like, it's just like a smaller arena. Uh, yeah. I mean, for like comprehensive like uh, performances, definitely ACC is, is much better, but um yeah that was my my first one ever uh still vivid memories of being like sat on by someone who was much larger than me um because i got like pushed over and like we just couldn't do anything about it um but good time all all around uh Mm -hmm. besides almost thinking that my life was over (laughs) what i wanted to kind of go back to and you kind of briefly mentioned this and i think this this relates to a lot of people across different mediums um was kind of that hesitancy that you had before Shireen had sat you down and just kind of being like, yo, why don't you just do that? And that's that self-doubt, you know, that consumes us. Um, Yeah, I mean, I'd love to hear you kind of speak more on that and whether you feel like you still cope with that or or still battle with that. Like, uh, of course, who doesn't? Like, to say Mm. that you don't, you're lying. Everyone deals with it to some degree. Um, Honestly, I don't know. I feel like uh, a lot of it was same kind of thing. I got asked by Hanny, like, why don't you post this on Instagram? Really, at the end of the day, what's the point like really what's the fucking point like if i took a picture i took a picture doesn't do anything to change that there is no point yeah as grim as that sounds there's really no fucking point to any of it like none of this matters like the clothes i'm wearing don't matter the phone that i've dropped a million times doesn't matter right. the sheets on the bed the fact that i painted my room last year none of it's really it doesn't have any relevance so like i never really had any motivation to post a picture which is super hypocritical to me because it's like why are you posting pictures now right right uh for me, it was like a mixture of that. Like, it's not really a big deal. And a mixture of um, just like oversaturation. Like, there's so much garbage all the time. Like, there's a great uh, Earl Sweatshirt interview he did with NPR about like specific like music journalism, but like it, it, it the boot fits everywhere, right? Like, it's just, there's so much not content. It's just garbage content. It's just fucking clicks or. Whatever, right? Like, anyone and their mom can take a picture on their phone and slap a Visco filter on it and get, like, a 400 likes on Instagram because you know all the hashtags. Yeah. Or, like, you and your mom did a follow for follow, and now you've got a bunch of clout, whatever the fuck that means, right? Like, you're not a creative director or a makeup artist. You're just a kid with a phone. Like, none of it mm. matters. Mm. Just fucking, yeah, self-doubt is just always there because, like, what is so special about my photo versus... Mooks are yours or yours or anyone else I know, right? It's just nothing. And like for me, I think that's partly why I find a lot more peace working on other people's stuff. Mm. Whether it's like I'm working on um, 
artwork for a home or like uh, writing a treatment for, oh yeah, I didn't tell you, uh, writing a treatment for Devin Little, who Amazing. works with People's Champ Management, That's right. who manages Bad Bad, River Tiber, Charlotte Day Wilson, working on a music video treatment for them. Uh, now I'm assuming it's for Charlotte because uh, she just announced her album. That's right. Uh, go buy tickets to that. By the yeah. time this airs, tickets will be on sale. Uh, yeah, it's just one of those things where it's like I'd rather work on something for someone else. I get a little bit more, at least for now, it's like secondary stroking of the ego, but it's like I get a little bit more fulfillment out of helping someone accomplish what they want Right. versus I think I just don't, I haven't figured out what I want just yet. Right. But in the meantime, trying to refine my skill set until I can find what I want and execute i'm like fucking mayweather like <laughs> points fighter like uh, i'm gonna take the shots that i know i can hit and like i'll pull up from half regardless like <laughs> I'll, I'll know but like i'm only gonna take the shots that i know are gonna land right amazing uh, mm. also real quick talk about some of your involvement with ixxi from um i got no fucking involvement oh, with really? them, I, saw, I saw like i'm, I'm just meaning a, meaning by like the sean leon photos the tanya peralta uh, shout out oh, tanya you are she's adjacent. amazing uh, I have no official like affiliation with them whatsoever. I'm just I'm literally just a kid who grew up in this end of the fucking world, and I'm a big fan of what they do. Right Shout out mm-hmm. Daniel Caesar, man. I've been pushing Danny since the Violet video dropped, like long time, bro. Yeah, I've yeah. been, you know, even Sean, like Sean, put all that together. He pushed everyone forward. Shout out these two guys, but uh, yeah, I have no real official affiliation with either of them, besides mm-hmm. you know showing love and going. To whatever I can, just supporting them, whether it's like going to two of the Danny shows or going to watch Sean's film yeah. that he premiered at the fucking theater. Who's yeah, we were there as well. You guys were there, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Nice, yeah. yeah it, it was very interesting, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's just, I'm first and foremost just a fan. Of course. Um, I've sent Sean a handful of photos here or there if he's asked for it. But uh, Tanya is actually, shout out Tanya, she's also one of Shireen's best friends. So it's just oh, no one of those small things where everyone kind of knows each other. Yeah. Uh, I did some work for Tanya, like, top of the year, very, very beginning of the year. Okay. And for uh, I Love You, Meg. And right. uh, none of the work ended up actually seeing the light of day. And uh, I didn't even get paid for the work that I did. Mm. But uh, I remember I was in the States at the time, and Tanya randomly texted me, and she's like, hey, I found out about the work, by the way, through Tanya's Twitter. She right. tweeted something. I followed up. Whatever. She messages me like months down the line. And is like, hey, did you ever get paid? I was like, nah, but it's whatever. Because like, the work didn't go anywhere. So it's not a big deal. Right? And like, worst case, I learned something from the experience. Whether it's a practical skill or, you know, get that shit. Like, be on your money. Right. But, uh, it really wasn't a big deal to me. And then Tanya was like, you know, that's not right. And she paid me out of pocket. Like she paid me, wow. and I was like, "You did not have to do that." She paid me, and like I never forget that. And just on and off, she'd like, uh, I'd see her here or there in the city, just going to things. Yeah. Um, I ran into her again at Shireen's. Uh, she did an exhibit in August, I believe it was. Ran into Tanya there, and it was the first time we'd ever met in person. And it was just very quick meeting. But uh, she messaged me end of August, and we were supposed to do a photo shoot. Or something that she's working on, so this will probably have to get redacted. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we were working on something, and then like the night before, the shoot fell apart for whatever X Y Z reason, which we could talk about after the fact. <laughs> but um, yeah, we were supposed to work on something like that, and then kind of fell apart for whatever reason, just timing didn't happen. Then in November or December, November I think, she texted me and was like, "Hey, like I have a little design opportunity for you, kind of thing." 
just again like Cole texted me out of the blue, asked me if I was interested in doing the book cover for her, right. which actually is on that shelf as well. Amazing. Uh, it's between Aziz Ansari's Modern Romance and a personal notebook of mine. Fuck you, Aziz. You should know what the. Uh, oh man, we're gonna. You should fucking this. know what no means. You fucking yeah. cock. Don't. We'll, we'll get. We'll, we're, we'll, we'll get there. We'll, we'll get, get there. We'll get That's there. not even yeah. gonna soup it up. But like, we'll get we'll there. We'll get there. We'll get there. Yeah, uh, yeah. She uh, she just asked me, "Do you want to do the cover for this?" And I actually had a couple samples of the stuff. Do you mind sharing the name of that book so people can? It's uh, called uh, Coyotes by Tanya Peralta, and she is a very, very talented writer. I've obviously butchered the pronunciation. Yeah, but, uh, Coyotes is that? Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Well, I'm not gonna butcher it again. If Mooks wants to say it in the mic, <laughs> yeah, we'll get Mooks to say it one more time. Coyotes. Okay. Brilliant. All sexy, all whatnot. <laughs> you keep your pants on. But uh, yeah, Sorry. it's. Uh, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna butcher anything about it. I don't want to do it. I don't want to say anything because I know I won't do it justice. She's a very, very talented writer. Very like, incredible person. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. So she just messaged me and asked me if I was down to do it. And I was like, of course. And again, she wanted to pay me, and I was like, don't like I don't. I'm not doing this for money like you're a friend. It's a favor at the very least. Mm -hmm. And uh, she did pay. Shout out Tanya. She knows uh, that people value their time. Right. And yeah, she uh, did a little launch for that the night before Danny's first show. Right. So me, Mooks, and Richard, and my other boy, Ziad, went down. Same kind of thing to show love and just be there for the conversation. Of course. And she spoke a lot about, uh, I guess, the trauma that came from her immigration from That's right. uh, Honduras. Which is, I guess, uh, a lot of the inspiration for the content of the book. Exactly. A lot of her content, I believe, uh, is inspired by her journey mm-hmm. and her path. And she spoke a lot of bit about that. And uh, she's really powerful stuff. Yep. She's very, very talented and definitely has a story to tell. But outside of that, I don't really have much involvement with uh, IXXI. Uh, but regardless, you know, I mean, uh, a lot of the people that we... we or you have up on your website, um, whether it be like Claremont or, or shooting some of the people that you mentioned earlier, Charlotte and River Tiber. Yeah, um, yeah I, I think <clears throat> what uh, you said, I think is like a really important thing, but, but also just kind of, uh, yeah, I, I don't know how to describe it really, but I think what you said about being a fan first is just like... Uh, yeah, is, like is I a, think everyone... I have very mixed feelings about Toronto. I feel like yeah. Toronto's full of a bunch of big-headed people that need to... Yeah, humble cool themselves your a bit. Jets, yeah. yeah, like cool your jets. Right, just what are you fucking worried about? Right, <laughs> keep your fucking pants on. <laughs> it's like Toronto's a very conflicting city, but at the same time, there's I feel like uh, are you guys familiar with the band USS from Toronto? Yeah, yeah, ubiquitous synergy seeker, right? Right. That that title, that band name, is an amazing name. Mm. Ubiquitous synergy is just a lot of people in the same space, like working together in harmony, and like I see that a lot. I definitely butchered that definition. Hey, for I said it a lot from Toronto, where it's like a lot of the artists are definitely here uh, trying to lift each other up, right? It's like I think everyone just wants someone to open the door. Yeah. And once they open the door, everyone else is fair game, right? You see that with it. Most likely will end up being Danny because uh, Danny is... Who doesn't want to see him succeed right now, right? Everyone, if you don't love Daniel Caesar, you're a fucking idiot. like you. You are, don't you don't see sunlight. You, you, <laughs> you like facts, that. you do not see sunlight. <laughs> Shout out the sun, bro. It's winter. I haven't seen the sun in forever. I miss that dude. Yeah. I miss that dude. <laughs> he's, you know, my he's son wears dude. sunglasses, man. <laughs> sunglasses. He's he's a guy, you know. Yeah. Um, get your vitamin D. Yeah, that. get your vitamin D. Get your vitamin C. Your melatonin. All Whatever of that. Whatever it is. Heart. Last segment before we head into our soup it up that um, I think is, you know, it's something that you've you've spoken of, whether it be through your social medias or even just on a on a personal level, which I think is really important to to generate more conversation about. I think particularly amongst dudes as well is uh, 
being kind of comfortable uh, with coping and also accepting mental illness and, and, and battling that, you know? Um, amongst dudes, amongst uh, people of color, yeah. I think people those... People our age. People like our so age, especially. All of those things kind of come together. Everyone from every different walk of life has right. to deal with it in some degree. Um, and a lot of the times, uh, these kind of interesting conversations happen about these things being... Um, inspiration for like artwork and yeah. you know that that's a whole different co- kind of conversation just last year i think there was um uh, an artist a he, he was east asian um who had committed suicide yeah. and um you know From something kiss i think it was yeah, yeah. And, and something that was mentioned a lot was that like oh well, an inspiration for so much of his work was his his bouts of mental illness you know yeah. um and while of course in his passing the celebration of his life was something that people wanted to do. Mm-hmm. A great kind of conversation that came up was like, do we celebrate art, you know, when an artist is alive, when they've kind of shared that it's coming from... A place of struggle. A place of, like, intense struggle, you yeah. know? Um, when, you know, of course you you want to support someone's work, but at the same time you want to support the human's life, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, that's and, definitely an interesting question. I've never ever looked at it like that, but I've, I've instinct, like instinctively, my first reflex is, of course, support the art. Right, right, right. Because uh, to me, art, I feel like the best art can come, again, like through intense struggle or from like a place of trauma almost, right? right? And uh, for whether it's this gentleman from UKIS whose name is escaping me or any number of artists, whether you're a musician, a painter, a writer, fucking Hunter S. Thompson shot himself in the head. Yeah. Kurt Cobain shot himself in the head. Like, whether you're whatever you're doing, like if you're able to capture that trauma or that like intense stress or whatever it is you're dealing with, if you're able to contain that and, um, you know, create from it, like it's like, um, it's like a flower spreading through concrete. Like it's, there's a silver lining there that you were able to contain and navigate your feelings and communicate that to any number of people who by all intents and purposes, probably going through something similar. And like, you absolutely support that art because that art, kept the artist alive right. and kept every ear, every ear touched, every every person who saw that painting, everyone who's read that book, like it kept that person alive for however little longer. Mm-hmm. There's so many albums I could say saved my life, quote unquote, because uh, they gave you that extra push yeah. to just to just be and to, to feel, to exist. And definitely mental health is something that needs to be talked about. I think among us in particular, whether it's men or I still consider myself a child, boys of color, uh, there is a whole other stress that comes with that, having to fucking alter your your behavior to make other people comfortable, mm. make the sacrifices men of color make on a daily basis, not even to mention women of color. Shout out of women course, of course. everywhere. I have a tattoo on my hand of a woman. Shout out my mom. Uh, women are amazing, and they take it in the chin every time. They're the most disenfranchised demographic. That is a and fact. they fucking take it. How many times have you seen a woman kill it at what she's doing? Yeah. Fucking moms, man. Shout out women. Back to the fucking point. Like, mm. there's so much that people have to do to make each other comfortable. You know, whether it's like uh, part of what I was struggling with the last couple of years. Well, I told my therapist that I've uh, pretty much been dealing with this on off for like about 10 years now, maybe 10, 12 years. Coincidentally, not that the move did it, but when I moved to Ajax, was like right around the time I'd like, just after I'd hit puberty. So like a lot of hormones and emotions flying around. I was just perceiving it in a way different way than it felt like my peers were. And uh, I've just been dealing with this for a long, long fucking time. And uh, yeah, it's just been like a very, 
very up and down roller coaster, man. Like, how many people know how to feel? Like, I deal with um, borderline personality disorder is what it's called. And for, like, a quick reference, it's pretty much the near-complete inability to effectively manage your emotions. So the dial is always on 11. It's an exposed nerve, and you just feel like a fucking Care Bear. Like, it just shoots out of you whether you want it to or not, and you have no control over it. You have no gauge of whether it's normal or not. You can't you can't think. And it's just been like that forever and ever and ever. And it took me so fucking long to admit that it was that serious or, you know, seek help or tell another person about it. Like, there's scars on my arms, scars on my fucking chest, my legs. Like, there's, like, my body tells a story. And it's just so, something that needs to be talked about. And no one is talking about it because the most fragile thing on the planet is the male ego. The last thing a dude mm-hmm. wants is to appear weak or, you know, frail, fragile, whatever word you want to call it. Like, every dude alive has to put on this mask to some degree. And for all intents and purposes, it is a facade because no dude can stand there and tell you he's never cried. No dude can stand there and tell you he's never been sad. Like, it's, everyone feels and no one knows how to feel anymore because they just don't. And it's been a weird fucking journey. Well, Tejas, man, above all things, thank you very much for... uh, Of course, like, above all, mm -hmm. like, I would never... Never censor that. Like I, right. I would, you know better than anyone. Like I've been pretty open about it. Certainly. And uh, I'm hoping that at the very least, like by being open about it, someone else will be open about it. You and I have talked about this briefly. Sure, we will too. Mooks and I, we talk about this all the fucking time. Like, it's it's hard to be. That's right. And people don't let you be that. Certainly. The least we can do is uh, is just listen, right? Listen. Absolutely. Try to uh, mm-hmm. try to understand a human being. For yeah. who they actually are, flaws and all. Um, so thank you again for sharing that with this Tejas. To uh, close out the show, we can uh, <laughs> fire up our uh, fire up the anger that we have pent up for a few different reasons, and enter our last segment of the show, Soup It Up, sponsored by Campbell Soup. We're gonna let Navek take this away for something that we very briefly mentioned and uh, built up. Navek, man, talk to us. Now this thing that I want to talk about it's, it's kind of tough because in like 2008 I was like 14 um, I saw some clips on YouTube of Jimmy Kimmel I saw this guy this brown comedian like and he was hilarious he wasn't doing an accent and I was like whoa can can brown people be in entertainment and be funny without compromising themselves be accepted and be accepted and I see the same guy on um this show called Parks and Rec. I look into him. I see his old stand-up. I see his specials. And then uh, he keeps killing with the specials. He gets a show on Netflix called Master of None that's, like, hilarious. One of the best shows I've seen. And I'm like, damn, I, like, I like I aspire to to kind of be like this guy, to to be respected like him, to, to be as funny as him. And then... On, like, Saturday night, I was sent this article by my girlfriend, Marusha, on BabeNet. And it's the uh, the article of this date that this woman went on with uh, Aziz. And the way she described it was, it was very bad. Uh, a lot of um, things happened that she didn't want to happen. And she described her situation. And after I read it, I was like, damn, I was so super disappointed and um, kind of angry at, like, Aziz for, like, letting this happen, 
for, you know, basically this is career ending for him um, because, you know, sexual assault against a woman, um, terrible thing that he did. And, you know, I think about, you know, all the other brown kids, you know, maybe not brown, brown or whatever, uh, that looked up to him as well, looking up to him now and see, like, maybe, you know, like I have a shot at at this industry that, you know, real, like we've seen like maybe five brown people on television. Yeah, we got Aziz, we got um, fucking Riz Ahmed, we got Cal Penn. Yep. You got, that's it. There's, Kanal, one, there's gotta be one more missing. Yeah, Kanal, Mindy Kaling. Yeah, uh, yeah Kamal Nanjiani. I, as much as I don't want to say his name, we got the, whoever plays fucking Raju Gutrapali, but he kind of sold out, so whatever. Fuck yeah, Russell we're Peters, not talking man. Russell Peters, man. Russell Peters. Russell Peters. <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah. <laughs> one time, fuck Russell Peters, you piece of shit. Talk to him, why? Yo, this guy built an entire career out of just making fun of his own people and other, and like, like just listen to his like stand-ups. They're just racist as fuck. And then yeah, you expect dude, me to yeah. just laugh at that. This dude like thinks he put us on and he made growing up so much fucking harder. Honestly, yo, like you just catered to all of these me like I was gonna get hurt real bad if I didn't show up home on time. Honestly, yo, ask like me over time you're gonna get hurt real bad. You fucking All these like he just catered to all these white kids that like used to say this shit to like put me down, you know, and like now they're laughing about it to my face as if I'm supposed to find it funny. Like, fuck you, man. <clears throat> yeah. Fuck Russell Peters. Straight up, I agree. That is a fact. And, yeah, so I'm just super saddened by this, that he would allow, especially after the Stan book, Master of None, mad episodes about think, treating think, women with respect. I think, to be fair, uh, we should clarify, uh, this, again, this is a very, very touchy sub- yeah. subject, touchy topic, things we say might ruffle people's feathers, not my intention, anything I say, absolutely not my intention, I'm still... Like Nivek, like still trying to process this guy who I looked up to. It's not that that's any excuse. Uh, if you've read the story, I think it's important to note that yeah, his behavior was absolutely very shitty. Never would I ever behave that way. But what happened by the uh, lady's own admission is not assault, not sexual assault, mm-hmm. right? So I, I think we shouldn't um, we shouldn't label him as that because we have people out here. Fucking Harvey Weinstein, if I ever see you, I'm going to kick you in your goddamn throat. Like, we have people out here who are really damaging people's lives, and they do not give a flying fuck. But to me, I see Aziz as, like, as as watered down as I can put it, that was a really, really shitty first date. Absolutely shitty behavior by a dude who is definitely taking advantage of his fame, his whatever, his money, his status to be overly aggressive with a woman who by all intents and purposes wasn't interested and as a dude you should know fucking better don't, you don't get to wear that uh, me too pin you don't get to write a book on modern romance you don't get to say any of the shit that you do if you're gonna behave like this at least that's how I feel about him how I feel about her is a whole other story mm-hmm. don't suck a dude's dick twice and stay for an episode of Seinfeld if you aren't if you're uncomfortable just fucking go like he's not a very uh He's an unassuming dude. Mm. Like a forty yeah. pound infant could take this dude in a fight. Like, <laughs> you know, what? I guess <clears throat> that was something that was circulating quite a bit today. But something that something that I read today that has made me think a little bit about that too is um, is uh, something that many women have attributed to, or not attributed to. Sorry, have described as this kind of like paralysis that kind of takes over in yeah, those states. Yeah, I was thinking. Right? I was going to tweet something about that earlier, yeah. but I. I 
it didn't feel like it was my place as a dude with a dick. It's not my place to right. say things like this, right, other right, than right. to tell people to listen to these women. Of course, right? Uh, uh, as a job, as a man, our number one job is to be listened to these people. Yep, who have terrible and incredible stories. But yeah, yeah, certainly. like there's definitely fight or flight, but nobody ever brings up the freeze. Yeah, and of, mm-hmm. like, and you got to imagine fuck do you do. That's right, and you got to imagine that's that hundred percent took over, right? Because it's gonna be devastating. It, yeah. Um, yeah, and like you said, it's it's not our place to to account for these things. Only our place to to listen and and do better. Um, but um, I guess with that is maybe why at the beginning of the episode you did not hear Navek call out his uh, his former AKA Aziz Bansari. Um, we will say goodbye to that for now, and we will say welcome to Tukak Shapur. Shapur, yeah, we'll go with Shapur yeah. just because I can't say Shakur. <laughs> Shout to cock. It, does. Yeah, it definitely does sound more. Broad. Yeah, that's right. Also, you're just switching the the p's and the k's from. Facts. from I the didn't tunes. even take that. So in. there you go. Mm. Um, it's also two cock. Just sounds really funny. Two um, <laughs> But thank you, Navek. Thank you for sharing that uh, eulogy with us because uh, that's what mm, it kind of yeah, felt like. Pretty um, much. But Tejas, you also had a super up for us. It was something that uh, oh, you man. had mentioned to us this before. This is a funny story. So it, funny at least story. we end on a lighter note. Absolutely. I uh, I have a cousin who is about. Three weeks younger than me, maybe, no, like five or six weeks younger than me. But okay. we're very similar in age, or same age. Yeah. We're as close as cousins can be, I guess. We're not super close, but right. whatever. Uh, but by virtue of living more or less in the same area, we have uh, quite a few of the same friends. Yeah. So I'm going to, we can redact these names, whatever. But uh, basically, I had a, I had a dinner at my grandparents' place on Sunday night. Okay. Yeah, it was my grandmother's birthday. So we whatever we went out Sunday night. We all went at their place, cake, Chinese food, whatever. Uh, me and Dee sitting in the living room, and she's like, "Oh, Tay, should I tell you what happened?" And obviously not. If you have to ask that question, you know you didn't tell me what happened. Like, quit dancing around it. Yeah. Uh, long story short, my dad has this nephew in India, whose name is Tatus Panchal. Oh shit! And this guy is adding all these girls on Facebook and creeping on them. Oh fuck! And these girls that I know. Like, a good friend of mine, uh, he adds her on Facebook and is being, like, super, like, Aziz, like, super pushy and super, like, hey, talk to me kind of thing. What like, the fuck? you should come to India kind of thing. And it's like, what You should come to India. <laughs> and, like, this guy's being, like, overly aggressive and, like, just, you know, that behavior, you know it's inappropriate, of course. right? Like, by all accounts, inappropriate. I don't know when this happened, but this dude is just out here, like, creeping on mad girls that are, like, in the same social circle as me. We're only, like, one or two degrees of separation away. He's creeping on all these girls and is like, the fuck is Tatus' problem? <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm, I'm the guy to say this. Like, yeah, I was born in India. Come here. Do I look or sound yeah. like I was born in India? I was born in Scarborough General. Like, fuck you mean? <laughs> and like, I, met, I messaged her immediately. I was like, I'm so sorry. Like, what the fuck happened? <laughs> and she's like, this dude catfished her using my name. Like, <laughs> what Holy the fuck? fuck, dude? Like, how can you... Yo, I still haven't messaged him. I'm about to, like, in a couple days. I got to figure it out. But like, yo... The fuck is your problem, bro? Like, <laughs> and this guy's related to you. He's apparently related to me. Yo, this guy's Facebook pictures are like. Does he kind of look like you? No, <laughs> was, I was, yo, but like I was gonna say, his pictures are never him. It's like oh, models shit. or like a hand on a Lambo. <laughs> like that. That's why. Like, yo, no, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> Who yo. are you to hit on my friends and then fuck. give like yo? That's such a mark on my name too. Yeah. All these girls are like. All these people think I'm like this <laughs> shitty dude who's like mad creepy mm. when really I'm out here like barely touching Facebook ever. Yeah. This fucking wow. guy. Putting yo. a blemish on your name. Uh, yeah, it's, just, it's just a shame. He has the same name as you. Exact same <laughs> name, bro. Exact same name. 
Oh my goodness. He listens to Miley Cyrus. That's what his fucking Facebook thing says. <laughs> oh god damn. Okay, so at that point, you know what? I hope people really know this that it's is not current you. profile picture. Oh sick, bro. So it's a picture it's of a, a hand on a Lambo. <laughs> so nice. <laughs> so nice, bro. Sick as so sick. Here. What else we got here? Um, that's not him. Whoa. That's not him. Um, <laughs> that's that's hard. We gotta, we oh gotta my god. find this account and maybe tag it in the description. <laughs> <'cause>, uh, <laughs> And just tell him this to stop. This guy's definitely gonna like. Yeah, he's gonna get super cyber bullied because. Yeah, of yeah, yeah, yeah. We should. We should only get to that point, but we should definitely tell him to not be a creep and also not blemish the real Tages' name. Yeah, uh, the real. Yeah, I think he's older than me, so like. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Whatever. I was your first. <laughs> well, listen, Tages, we've we've come to the end of this episode, man. Uh, this has been so much fun on all yeah, accounts. I feel like I could talk for hours. To be honest. Listen, and we certainly want to do this with you more because um, this was a lot of fun. Uh, Yo, shout out you guys. This show is yeah. actually like really interesting, really funny. Like I've heard some, like, I'm surprised by some of the people you've got on here. Uh, it, you know, open my eyes to new people, whether it's again, like Josephine Cruz wasn't a huge fan of her, not even a huge fan, just was a bit of a stranger to her work right. before listening to your episode, obviously delved into that. Amazing. You've had Krim on the show. You guys have had yes, some pretty cool right. people on here. That's right. It's uh, a very, very interesting, very fun podcast. Hey, you man. Check it out. We're, we're happy to uh, add you to this roster of, of creative and hardworking people that have uh, have come on, man. And we certainly wish you the best of luck in, in all things that you currently or continue to do. Um, if you will, one more time, uh, plug the Instagram, plug the website, plug where people can look at your work. Uh, y'all can find me pretty much everywhere and nowhere. Uh, my Instagram is IamTages. That's I-A-M-T-E-J-A-S. Yep. And same kind of thing, IamTages.com. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter, but I tweet some foolishness and you probably won't like it. <laughs> and delete it like 45 seconds <laughs> Listen, I'm Chris, a.k.a. Chris, a.k.a. Not Chris, a.k.a. The Tamil Hemingway, a.k.a. Bash Me Outside because I don't fight, I just get beat up, a.k.a. Little Poopy Dirt. I'm with Navik. Hey, it's Navek, a.k.a. Big Seon, a.k.a. The Tamil Tyrese, a.k.a. Tukak Shapur. And your boy Tejas, a.k.a. Uh, what was it again? Sheepish Lord of Chaos. Sheepish Lord of Chaos. Sheepish Lord of Chaos. Shout out to Wu-Tang. And Mooks, man. Mooks. And Mooks. Sign us out here, bro. It's good. It's Mooks. You know what it is. It's, uh, what, what time is it? It's 11.04 p.m. You know what it is, you know, with my boy Navek and uh, Little Poopy Dirt. Little poopy Sick. dirt. Episode 36. Thank you again, guys, for joining us. Everyone say bye at the same time. One, two, three, bye. Bye. Happy birthday, Sade.
thought I would marry That feeling of closure I think that is over